Hi, welcome to the Tell Me What You're Proud Of podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Maggie Perry. I'm a licensed psychologist with a doctorate degree in clinical psychology. I'm also the founder of the online group therapy platform, Huddle.Care. I love helping people overcome anxiety, obsessive compulsive disorder, mood disorders, and stress. Please join us each week as we share real sessions with actual clients that reveal helpful techniques for effectively dealing with anxiety, OCD, mood disorders, and stress. We'll discuss what effective therapy looks like, sounds like, and feels like. We'll follow our guests as they overcome their biggest fears and find that despite their biological vulnerabilities, they can still live a rich, full, and meaningful life. My therapeutic approach is strengths-based and seeks to find and reinforce what clients do well to help them generalize those skills towards areas where they're stuck. My model for psychotherapy can be summed up as this. You tell me what you're proud of, and I'll help you become effective and happy across all areas of your life. Thanks for listening, and let's get the show started. Hi, I'm Dr. Maggie Perry, here with Tell Me What You're Proud Of. And in this, the next three episodes, I'll be talking with John about uh, why he sought psychotherapy, what was happening for him, and where he's at now. So, John, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, so want me to get going? Yeah, sure. Tell me what was happening when you first got started in psychotherapy. Yeah, so I started, like a lot of people in the podcast talked about, there was like a lot of me in my life was like in crisis mode. So for the first time I went to therapy was in college because it was available for free so I could go. And I knew about anxiety already. I didn't know about OCD back then. And the reason I went is because my anxiety was just kind of getting out of hand. Like I couldn't really be around other people. Um, like it was hard to walk from one class to another. Like I lived in the dorms at the time, and like being around people in the dorms made me really stressed out and anxious. And like I'd want to just leave. Um, so I saw a therapist for the first time because of that. My anxiety was just way out of control. Do you remember what you were anxious about? Like, what did you fear? Yeah, I feared other people's judgments. I feared interacting with other people. A lot of it was tied to social stuff. Like I just couldn't. Like people's judgments really, like I, I get really stressed out about it, or just like that even walking by strangers with heart and just being around other people. And and what did you fear about psychotherapy at that time, or did you have any fears when you sought it out? Yeah, I remember thinking it'd be hard to talk about things I was going through. Like it was hard to go to those places because it was difficult for me to like open up to this about it. And is that um, what happened? Or how did it, how did psychotherapy end up going for you? Yeah, the first time I, I had a hard time opening up to the therapist. Like you have very brief sessions and like you could almost time it like 20 minutes in and then I'd be like kind of out of material. Um, so yeah, it was hard for me to open up to him. But he did suggest group and I went to group. And it was also hard to open up there. But, but it was good to see that other people were like were having similar struggles that I did. Like if I walked by one of those people on campus, I wouldn't think like, oh, well, maybe they have social anxiety as well. Like that was the first time I kind of met other people that had similar thoughts. And what about meeting other people with similar thoughts was helpful to you? I think like other people in the podcast have talked about how they felt everybody's mind worked the same. For me, that was never the case. I always felt like my mind was unique and I was the only one struggling with these things. 
And you don't interact with too many people, at least I didn't, that had social anxiety. Like they'd say, I have a hard time like just walking by a stranger. Like I wouldn't ever hear anybody say that. So it was kind of like, made me feel more at ease for some reason to know that others had similar struggles, even if they look like they didn't. Mm -hmm. And is that what made it hard for you to open up? Because you assumed that other people weren't thinking and feeling what you were thinking and feeling? Right. Yeah. I felt very different than everybody else. Okay. And then how did your anxiety change over time? Um, or your, your psychotherapy journey? Like, like what happened? Um, through starting with those social anxiety individual sessions and those social anxiety groups? Yeah, so it was always easy to know I had social anxiety because I would get talked about a lot. But OCD, like, I never connected as, like, having OCD. Like, I'd wash my hands a lot and, like, see some characters on TV that did similar, but it was, like, a joke. It wasn't, like, this is what OCD is and, like, ways to cope with it. So I didn't really connect the dots and when I... Like I stopped seeing the therapist in college after a couple of semesters and later in life, I saw somebody for social anxiety because I liked somebody and I couldn't really talk to her in the way I wanted and tell her that I liked her. So I went back to therapy for that reason and I stopped and then I went and I wanted to join another group because I found that helpful in college. And you know you were starting a group then and I went to see you, but then I talked with you about the issues, like some of the things about opening up came up to me again. and I. Just wanted to do individual therapy because like it was hard to open up. Um, and then what we you, did that. Can you can you stop there for a second? What do you feel um, when what's happening in your body when you feel vulnerable about opening up? Start to get like tense, uh, like my muscles start to contract a little, or I want to like talk really fast to like finish with what I'm saying so I'm not like in the spotlight being judged. And what about being vulnerable makes you feel like you're being judged? Maybe because I do it. Like I, if somebody shares something, I might have a judgment. And I might not be proud about that judgment, but I will have a judgment sometimes. So in that sense, in that way, you're assuming that other people are thinking the way that you're thinking? Right, yes, and that is just yes. Okay, and then what do you fear, fear about someone potentially making a judgment about what you are saying? I think I fear my reaction. Like, sometimes somebody will make a comment that maybe somebody else would like, what are you making a big deal about it? Um, so I fear my reaction. Like, sometimes uh, I fear that I'll explode on that person like in an angry state where I'll just withdraw and I won't want to do whatever the thing is that I really wanted to do because that person is there. You're making a really great point. So if you open up to someone and it's met with normalization and validation, that can be a really like great com connecting moment and that can help you overcome anxiety and depression. But if you open up to someone and you're vulnerable and the, it's not met with validation and support, then that can be really painful. It can be even more painful than keeping it to yourself. And a lot of people either feel really angry or want to feel sad and want to withdraw 
when they don't get the support that they need and deserve. So is that what you've been afraid of? Definitely, yes. I hate it. Okay. And then let's get back to the story. So you started individual um, sessions with me. And then how did that help you be more vulnerable over time? Yeah, that helps a lot. Um, one of the first things we started was on strategies. And for me, an important thing was being able to eat with my hands. Because I just, like my mind would say, that's not safe. I'm going to get sick. So I'd use a fork or I'd use gloves or I'd come up with some way to eat that did not have me touching whatever I was going to eat. Um, and we came up with strategies to do that and I was able to get through that. And then we were able to get through some other OCD contents. Um, Hold on, that must I, have been, I know that that was really painful for you. Can you I, say more about what was most painful about not being able to eat with your hands? I think... And this is the reason why I feel like I went to therapy in the first place is there's a lot of things that I wanted to do that I just could not. And like, it seems very easy to pick up a piece of fruit and put it in your mouth. Like that act is very easy and I can do it now. But I couldn't understand why I couldn't do it then. Mm -hmm. Now, can you understand why it was hard then? More so. I, I don't think I have a full picture, but Basically, I think it comes down to I just wanted to avoid feeling sick and avoid the feelings that come up with like actually doing the action. Because like when I would eat with my hands back then, then there's all this rumination afterwards about what might happen, or there might be anticipatory anxiety if I know I'm going to do it. Like I'm trying to do exposure with it. Like there's going to be a lot of like anticipatory anxiety for I just wanted to avoid all that negativity. Yeah, so the anticipatory anxiety was painful. Probably the during the situation and the exposure, you were uncomfortable, you were tense and anxious. And then right. afterwards, you probably felt uncertain too. So afterwards, the rumination was an attempt to manage the uncertainty that you felt. Right, definitely. Okay, and why did you ultimately decide to do that full exposure? Because I wanted to be able to like, make decisions that like if i wanted to eat a plum that day like i wanted to be able to do that thing and that applied to like other parts of my ocd and anxiety like there's things that i wanted to do and i just i can't i don't always fully understand why i can't like, i understand it better now but it's very hard mm -hmm. are you willing to talk about more ocd content areas that required yeah. strategies yeah uh so even like doing this podcast, when you first mentioned it, it sounded very interesting, um, but it also sounded scary, like the vulnerability thing of like other people are gonna hear this, and judge what I say, um, like my story. But I knew it was something I wanted to do because it sounded interesting to me and cool and I wanted to try it out. So this is another like area that I'm exploring a little bit. Great. Um, can you tell me what judgment you fear? especially because you're de-identified, but just in general, as you say your story, what, what judgments are you fearing? I think like the weirdo stuff, like there's some people that just, they might have their own ideas about mental health. And like that person just sounds strange. Um, or even somebody that maybe they're struggling with OCD and so like that kind of, hearing somebody else talk about OCD might trigger them. Um, 
So it just could come in a variety of ways. Yeah, those are great examples because one of them is social anxiety. Like what if someone just judges me and thinks that I'm weird? Um, and then that is painful in, a, in and of itself. The other one is harm. So what if I harm someone by what I say and I can't, um, I don't have certainty about that or I can't control that they're not going to be harmed. Um, does that resonate with you? Yes. Okay. And are you feeling those fears right now as you're talking? No, but I was feeling them right before we started. Okay. Um, were you able to label that as anticipatory anxiety? Yes. Okay. And then what'd you do to help yourself manage the anticipatory anxiety? Well, I've been doing the feedback loop, like why things are sticky to me. Like the reason this is sticky is the vulnerability. Like I was thinking about why I'm struggling. And like being judged is definitely one of them. I think fearing I'm going to make a mistake on what I'm going to say is another thing that happens for me. I had to like reduce my level of expectations and like accept that I'm going to make a mistake on what I say or forget something that I wanted to say. Um, what makes you willing to accept that? Well, I've had success with it. Like the reason I've been able to talk to more people and like put myself in situations that I wanted to be in is because that's how I've approached it and it's worked for me. So I've been able to like go towards it more. A lot of people think perfectionistically about social situations or work or uh, romantic relationships. Like they, they want to be perfect in those kind of settings. When you say you dropped your standard, can you tell me what you mean by that? Yeah, like I'm sure I've made mistakes in what I've said prior to what I'm saying now. Like I'm sure that happened. So I've had to like work on accepting that that's going to happen. Like, like even now I'm forgetting some of the stuff I want to say and I have to like accept that that's happening so that I can kind of refocus and stay where I'm at. Yes, that's great. Can you tell in this moment that that's also your own mind's perception? So like your mind has a perception of what it would mean to be perfect. And then the thing that you have to accept is that you might not say exactly what your mind is saying that you should. Right. Yes. But also, can you um, accept that what you're saying now is also a suitable answer. Yes, because there is no perfect answer, right? Like, what would be perfect? I don't even know what that is. Great. How did you get to the point that you believe that? Well, I listened to the podcast like a while back, and he was talking about how we don't know what's coming forward, and like that, I felt could apply to other parts, and like that could definitely apply to what is being said. Yeah, you're specifically talking about the episode in the consultation with Dr. Jerome? Right, yeah. Yeah. Can you, can you say more about what stood out about that conversation? Yeah, it was talking about whether or not you can be a good person. And, like, I put so much energy into, like, trying to be a good person, what would a good person do? And like you said, well, if you start trying to define that, like, bring that out, like there's gonna be things I do that are not good, things that I do that are okay, and like somebody else's eyes, that could be really horrible. Um, so it's kind of impossible to define that. So you just gotta like accept that that's not gonna be something you can fully define and just, so then I shift to like what else, and then for me, that what else is what am I about, personally. 
And, and do you know how to articulate what you value? I mean, I'm still like figuring that out, but there are some things that definitely pop up online. Do you want to be more specific? Sure, yeah. Uh, like I value connecting with other people. I value doing the things that I want to do because for so long that was not an option. Uh, I value exploring things and like being curious about things and growing professionally. So you know, kind of some advanced family. Yeah, those are all great examples. And what I really like about the way that you're saying them is they're they're not a particular goal. And I can imagine that they're not, they don't have specific criteria. So it's not like a checklist that you have to cross off in any given behavior, but in times that you feel anxious and you want to avoid or you want to do an anxiety-driven behavior, if you can just orient yourself back to like, actually, I want to be connected, let me do the thing that's vulnerable, um, that is like helping guide your actions rather than anxiety. Definitely, yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, that was well described. Um, do you want to say more about other OCD content areas you've had? So you're talking about contamination, you've talked about harm OCD, you've talked about social anxiety related to judgment and embarrassment. I think one thing that I found helpful also is you talked about moods in this podcast before, and like I've been tracking my mood, just kind of see certain patterns. Um, I found that helpful and like especially dealing with anger or sadness. Like I've been checking in with myself more about where I'm at, why I might be feeling something. I found that helpful. What are you learning about yourself as you track? I think one thing is I can be more comfortable in those like what we considered negative emotions. Like I think I always wanted to just move really fast past anger, like distract myself or sadness I didn't want to deal with. And like, I can kind of sit in it and ask myself why I feel that. Like, I understand myself a little bit more in doing so, and I can act on it. Like, last time I was feeling sad, because something, like, there's something I wanted, and I wanted to, like, I think in the past I wouldn't have expressed that out loud. Like, I, I might be concerned about how it would land if I asked this person for that thing. Or I have to ask for it in a certain way, and then I just ask for it. And it felt good to ask. And it felt good to be serious first, and then do the action that would solve it. A lot of times people talk about how painful a feeling like sadness is, and then how difficult it is to be assertive. And you're talking about it like it was rewarding or empowering. Can you tell how you got from the place where it was really difficult to be assertive to, to where it's empowering to be assertive? Yeah, I think one, it was just taking that leap of faith of trying it. Like there were certain things that I wanted to share and I shared them in group and because the group was a really supportive environment, it went really well. So like, I had that success and then I wanted to try it more in my personal life and that had success as well. So I think it's just for me, experimentation, like what works for me. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it also sounds like when you're experimenting, you're not, um, are you expecting a particular outcome? There are times where I definitely am and like I'll feel upset that I didn't get that afterwards. But then there's times where like, all right, that's an opportunity for why is this upsetting me? Um, so it's kind of like, 
if I ask one question, then I'm going to ask several questions afterwards and ask more questions after that. It's kind of just exploring. Yeah, great. Um, I like what you're saying about, I think that's a value for you too. So your values are connecting, they're being curious, they're exploring and experimenting. Um, it seems like a real shift from um, being afraid and being avoidant. Um, when you were more afraid and avoidant, do you know what your values were at that time? Or do you think that you were just a lot of your behavior was anxiety driven? Can you rephrase that for me? Sure. Um, well, when people are not as in touch with their values um, and their behavior is avoidant and anxiety driven, sometimes they have um, beliefs like it's better to stay comfortable, it's better to stay safe, um, doing something that could be embarrassing is not worthwhile. So I'm just checking in about, do you remember having beliefs like that? Absolutely, yes. That was very much, I think, what drove my action. Like, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. I don't want to feel embarrassed. I'm just not going to do the thing. And then how did you switch? I guess you're kind of saying this, but how did you switch to, I want to explore and experiment and sit with uncomfortable feelings if they happen to arise? Yeah, I think it was like a series of successes. Like, I even think back... Like on the early work we do with contamination as part of my journey process to get here. I'm like, I did the thing that was uncomfortable. And then that belief that I had of like of having to avoid it kind of goes away. And that applied to something else. And then I kind of connected the dots and said that I can really apply to absolutely everything. So now I just view it very, very different. Like the first question is always why am I trying to avoid it? Like what is this do for me? And then what would happen if I like change that? Like if I don't want to avoid doing this podcast, like what's the benefit that I would get out of challenging that and going in a different direction? Like the benefit is like, you know, how to share my story a little bit better. And like, maybe I'm not sharing it great now, but if I get the chance to share it next time, I'll share it a bit better and change it next time. So that's kind of my process now. Yes, that's really great. Um... Can you tell me what else you're working on now? Yeah, I think one thing that's helping me as well is like doing projects that are long-term. Like it's got several steps. I know I'm going to fail at various points, but it kind of helps me see the hard work that it takes to do certain things. Like there's things I want to do in life that are hard. And I see other people doing them, but there's like a hard journey they took to get from wherever they started to where they're able to like do whatever that thing is. So I'm just kind of like learning the process of learning um, and not having that perfectionist thing of, well, if I can't knock it out of the park from the beginning, I'm just making it bother. Um, yeah, so, and I also read this thing of like, there was a photography class where one half of the class is gonna be graded on the amount of pictures they did and another was gonna be graded on like, up with a perfect picture and the people that were doing the amount like they came up with better pictures in the end because they were experimenting in different ways to do pictures whereas the ones that were just thinking about how can they do one perfect picture you didn't get a chance to experiment with much. yes that's that's a great example and a great story can you be more specific in your own life what kind of larger projects you're now going towards 
Yeah, so one project that I've always wanted to do is making videos. And in making videos, I want to like put animations in them and I want to edit certain things in them. So it's got like different things that I could explore. And like right now, it's just about making them. Like some of them are going to suck at the beginning. But the more I do them, the more I learn about it, and like it kind of feeds itself. Yes, that's great. How might your perfectionist your perfectionism get in the way or like what how can you prep yourself for the thoughts and feelings you might have i think sometimes when i see the videos i make like i, I don't think very highly of them so that's one way that my perfectionism can get in the way like i might be like oh this isn't worth the effort i'm putting so much effort into something that's not very good and something you might not see and another thing that'll happen is like if i put it out there and the judgments are harsh then i might want to withdraw it. um and then did you ask how am I pushing back into them? Yeah. How would you challenge that? Um, one is just reminding myself it's part of the process. Like I'm also doing art class. And in art class, like the way he started is just doing basic lines, doing them over and over again. So I have to remind myself that I my in terms of video making be at the stage where I'm just drawing lines. The next stage is a little bit more complicated and I add to it. I just have to be patient with that. Yeah, so it sounds like you were able to move from kind of activities of daily living where your anxiety was in the way, where whether that was talking to someone in class or seeing someone in the hallway, seeing someone in your dorm, or eating with your hands, those were all like tasks, hard, challenging tasks that you were doing in everyday life. And now it's kind of, you're using the same principles to shift to creative pursuits. Are, are most activities of daily living easier for you these days? Yeah, I think that's the reason I'm able to explore more things is because I'm not so worried about like walking by somebody. Like that's not so much going to trigger me. That's other things. So yeah, I think that makes accessing other parts of my life a lot easier. It's really great. Um, well, I'm aware of our time. I'm wondering if you want to commit to something. I think I want to commit to making more videos this week until we meet next Okay. Thank you so much for um, this session, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you felt any benefit from the show, please let us know and share it with anyone you think would also find benefit. As a disclaimer, please consult your doctor or therapist before attempting any strategy shared here. Thank you.